We're about to get into the Word of God. My good friend Mike Satterfield is here today. It's always good to see you pop in. Usually you're preaching on Sundays, and uh, we, we get a chance to fellowship with your wife. But it's good to have you in service too. And representing, representing the proper team this morning on, on your hat. So thank, thank you very much. <laughs> uh, also, uh, Michael Noblet's mother and sister are here. So thank you so much for being here. And, and uh, if you haven't gotten a chance to get to know them, uh, uh, make sure you hug the neck and let them know how much you appreciate them stopping in. So today we are talking once again on our series, According to His Purpose. You aren't just called, you aren't just uh, 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 born again just so that you can show up and sit in a seat and pay your tithes and hear a sermon and say, there, I checked, I checked the box. But you have a purpose. The fact that you woke up today and you were breathing air and your heart is still beating and he didn't call you home in the middle of the night means there's a reason and a purpose for you to be here. Uh, I said it on the video that we put out on uh, social media this week. A lot of people start getting consumed with, I don't even know what my life purpose, I don't know what my life purpose is. Well, tomorrow is not promised to any of us, right? So just find the purpose that you're supposed to serve today. And once you start putting enough days together, you'll start going, oh, I, well, I see how God's using me the most. Uh, so, so that's what I'm, I'm wanting to impart in this series. I want to impart a sense that every single person who's a part of this fellowship has a purpose and a reason that you're here. And it goes beyond just showing up on Sunday. And it, and it goes beyond just volunteering and serving here with the church. There's a reason for your life. And, and your purpose within your life and your community. Uh, but let's, let's hop right into this real quick. We've got quite a bit to go over today. But uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Isn't that good to know? We talked about it last week. If, if, if you love the Lord and you realize that you are called according to his purpose, that everything is going to work for good. It may not be fun at the moment. It may seem ridiculous at the moment, but it is going to work for good. I promise you that. The word of God says it. If you love him and you understand that he has called you according to his purpose, he had a reason why you are here, why you're saved. He had a reason why you came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Because he's got a reason and a purpose. Say, well, I was saved because I was a sinner. No, you were saved because he had a plan for you. Because we all tend to still kind of be sinners in some ways, even when we're walking with the Lord, because we, we keep messing up, you know. <clears throat> Praise God for his blood and his grace and growth and maturity. Uh, it's very vital it's very vital over these over these this year as as the Lord has has spoken to our church that He is going to perfect a church. Part of that is understanding your purpose. In the late 1800s, no business matched the financial and political dominance of the railroad. Trains dominated the transportation industry of the United States, moving both people and goods throughout the country. Then a new discovery came along, the automobile. And incredibly, the leaders of the railroad industry did not take advantage of their unique position to participate in this transportation development. 
Tom Peters, who wrote the book, The Search for Excellence, points this out. And he points out the reason that the railroad barons didn't understand what business they were in. He observes that they, they thought they were in the train business, but they were in fact in the transportation business. So time passed them by, as did opportunity. They couldn't see what their real purpose was. God has a purpose for this fellowship. God has a purpose for your life. We don't just get together on Sunday just so that we can say, hey, we had church, great. Check another one off. This, this is the pep rally so that you can actually go be church. You don't come to church. You can't come to yourself, can you? Because you are church. So you bring church with you, right? Say, well, I don't like church. I don't like my church. Well, probably because you don't like yourself, maybe. I don't know, you know, because you are church, <laughs> right? Uh, gifts. We talked about gifts last week. We started talking about gifts. That's the wonderful thing about it. If he's got a purpose for you, he's just not leaving you out high and dry. He gave us all gifts. Everyone say gifts. Yes. Everyone still with me? I know we had some mood lighting going on earlier, and everyone, everyone getting relaxed. Don't go to sleep on me yet. Go get you some coffee if you need to. Uh, I love how Paul does this. Paul, in 1 Corinthians 12, starts, he goes on to talk a lot about spiritual gifts. But notice, and, and we, we talked about this last week, he breaks up three unique type of gifts that the entire Godhead dishes out. Man, it's better than Oprah, Right? You get gifts. You get gifts. We all get gifts. That's, that's how it is in the kingdom. So we, we find out that every facet of God provides a unique style of gifting that we all get to be equipped with. That's pretty powerful, right? 1 Corinthians 12, starting with verse 4. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. So what kind of gifts are we talking about in that statement? Spiritual gifts. And who, who is the source of it? The Spirit, or the Holy Spirit, right? So we're still talking about gifts. There are different kinds of service. But we serve the same Lord. So there are some gifts that deal with service, serving. And who dishes those out? The Lord who we serve. Who's the Lord? Jesus, the Son. And then he goes on, God works in different ways. So the Father works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. So even as Father, he dishes out gifts in all of us. And, and so just a real quick review from last week, we have gifts of the Father, gifts of the Son, gifts of the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Father were grace or accomplishing gifts. Those are gifts that you're born with. That's why they're grace gifts. Because once you come out of the womb and your life is set, then you hadn't even had time to do anything good for God. And yet you are born. Every single one of you have some things that you are just naturally good at. Those are grace gifts. Paul lists them out like this in Romans 12, 6 through 8. Uh, he said prophecy or another translation could be perceiving, perception. Some folks can just perceive well. Serving. Some folks are just natural servers. Some folks are just natural teachers. Uh, it doesn't mean that they necessarily even teach a lesson. Just the way that they go about their life. They just are really good at showing people how to do things. Encouraging, man. Some of you guys are absolutely incredible encouragers. 
and, and I've been the recipient of it on, on days that I've, I've had my own battles, man. I'll, out of nowhere, God has you just naturally bump into me and encourage me. Giving, there are some folks that are just naturally giving. Leading, you ever met someone who said, man, that's, he's just a natural leader. He's just he's a natural born leader, right? Well, it's a gift. It comes from the Father. Mercy, kindness. Some folks are just naturally kind. Doesn't mean they're pushovers. They're just naturally kind. So we talked about all these. And and last week, if you remember, I said, if if you're trying to figure out what your purpose in the kingdom is, start there. Let that be your starting point. What am I naturally? God has given me some natural abilities. What am I naturally good at? I don't know, maybe you sew. Maybe you're good at cooking. Maybe you're good at uh, finances. Maybe you're good. Whatever it is, start there and say, how can I apply that to the kingdom? And that begins your journey, right? Well, is that my life purpose? Well, your life is only today anyway, right? Because tomorrow's not promised. So, so find out what you're supposed to do today. You're doing a life purpose, right? So today we're going to talk about gifts of the sun, these service gifts. Jesus gives gifts. The sun and the captives is what we're kind of calling this session today. We find it in Ephesians chapter 4. It says, therefore I, this is Paul writing. Now notice he says some things that are very similar to what he was talking about in 1 Corinthians when he wrote that letter. So he's almost preaching the same sermon because us preachers tend to do that when we travel around, right? So I didn't give anything away, did I, Brother Mike? So, I mean, Brother Mike doesn't do that. Every place he goes, he's got a fresh, brand new sermon. Thousands and thousands of them. <laughs> I'm covering for you. Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. There he is again. You remember? We were called according to his purpose, right? Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Man, that means I can't be getting mad at you guys. What is going on with that? Verse 3, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body one spirit, and one Spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all, in all, and living through God. It sounds very familiar with what he just said in 1 Corinthians, where he's like, hey, there's a lot of gifts, one spirit, a lot of service, one Lord. Verse 7, however, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. So he's saying each one of us have received a special gift through Christ, through the Son, right? That is why the scriptures say, when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives. Praise God, I was in the middle of that crowd. <laughs> and he led, right? He led all of us captives and he gave gifts to his people. So he, the son led a bunch of captives out and gave them all gifts. Number nine says, notice that it says he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. And the same one who descended, I love this, is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe 
with himself. That's why Paul said, in him we live, move, breathe, and have our being. When you look out across the night sky, the whole, this whole realm is just filled with Christ. I love that. I love that. Now, let's continue. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. So these are the gifts he gave to the church. Who's the church? All of us. He gave these gifts to the church. What gifts are they? Well, this is what he called them. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Now, their responsibility is to preach a lot of good sermons. And their responsibility is to gain notoriety and celebrityhood. And their responsibility is to write some really good books for you to buy. And to make sure they have a really good picture on the church website. That's, no, it really doesn't say anything about that, does it? Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. The responsibility of these gifts is to prepare all of us to do the purpose of God. So if me serving as senior pastor, if I'm not equipping you in any way, to walk in faith, to start finding your purpose, I'm not doing my job. I'm just flapping my jaw a lot, right? Verse 13, this will continue. Now, the reason why I highlighted this is because you'll have a lot of people say, uh, okay, yeah, 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 that's talking about New Testament. You know, like there was the original 12 apostles and and they, they, you know, the the book's already been written, so we don't need apostles anymore. They, They were in the early part of the church. The, the office of apostles, all of this stuff. And also they'll say, you know, prophets. Well, we had the prophets in the, in the, in the Bible. The, the prophets have already been written. We, we don't need prophets. But for whatever reason, we're cool with evangelists, pastors, and teachers still hanging out. <laughs> you know? But notice it says, this will continue. What? The giving of these gifts will continue until... We all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Has anyone reached that point yet in this house? Not in this church. It is starting here. <laughs> like, you know, y'all say, please let pastor grow up at some point. So in other words, this is going to continue. The giving of these gifts, the giving of apostles, folks operating with an apostolic gift, a prophetic gift, an evangelical gift, pastoral gift, teaching gifts. All of this is going to continue until we keep maturing, until we become like Christ, right? Well, we got a ways to go, so that means it's going to keep going on. But look what happens. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. We are all part of the body of Christ, right? That means we can fit together perfectly. Say, I don't know. I don't know about hanging out with all you folk at church. Y'all just weird me out. Well, you can like fit perfectly with all of us weird people, I promise you. 
uh, as, as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. That's why we need everyone to start finding and moving in purpose. Why? Because I need to grow up. And he's worked it to where my maturity, my growing, my encouragement comes from you guys doing your purpose. And that your maturity, your growth, and your development is because we're all doing our purpose. That's how he designed it. So we talked about gifts of the Father last week. Here are the gifts of the Son. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. So I want to I take it from a di- bit of a different angle, okay? Which one of these do you guys fit into? Because he gave them to the church. They said, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. We already have pastors. Yes, we have a pastoral staff and we help... Uh, manage the flock, and we have responsibilities assigned to us and all that. But I'm not talking about just a a man-made title and a man-made position. Really, the structure in which we have church, whether it's like this or any other way that the church is is all around, really isn't in the New Testament, basically. Now, God still uses it because he's creative. (laughs) He says, oh, that's how you want to do it? Okay, yeah, hey, I'll flow with you. So there's nothing wrong with what we're doing on days like this. But in everyday life, which one of these giftings come up? Matter of fact, I would, I would even stretch and say that there may be days you flow in one of these giftings and you may not flow again in that gifting. But it was for that particular need that Christ kicked it in. Right? Say, so, well, what are these things? Well, we're, we're going to break them down real quick. Everyone's still good? We're still here? Say amen if you're with me. If you're not with me, just say, oh, me. All right, an apostle. Say, oh, apostle. That sounds really big and biblical, apostle. Actually, we're going to find out it's not quite as super spiritual as what you think. An apostle actually means literally one who is sent, a person who is sent. An apostle is someone who is sent out by God to proclaim his message They are often seen as pioneers or visionaries uh, because they are often sent into new areas to start some kind of a new work, right? So apostles and prophets actually work very close hand in hand. Uh, Here in this particular work, the initial apostles who were sent to establish this particular fellowship happened to be Bob Kimball and and Howard Fortius. They were sent to get this thing rolling, right? And they said, they had a message. Hey, we're going we're gonna to plant a church in that lake club when we first build it, you know. And they got the ball rolling. Uh, Kate and I, in probably our first six weeks of working together, was we operated very much in an apostolic flow because we started hammering out the church bylaws and government and all this stuff. Just, you know, everything that the IRS would want from a nonprofit, especially a church. And so we were probably the first month, six weeks or so, it was a lot of foundation, 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 establishing, right? Uh, now, do I operate as that every single day? Well, no, not that I'm aware of. Now, understand what this concept came from. Apostles are also responsible to equip people to do the work of the ministry. The, the term apostle is not like super biblical. Ooh, the apostles, right? Sounds... Sounds really cool. 
especially when people introduce themselves. Have you ever had anyone? I'm Apostle Butler. Well, that, people, people may actually buy me lunch or something, man, if I introduce myself. The word apostle actually came from the Roman Empire. Uh, when the Roman Empire would conquer a city, uh, you know, they started getting a little bit more civilized rather than just going in and burning the city down and killing everyone and taking plunder. They would actually go in and maintain the city. They would just take control of it, right? And so what they would do, the Roman Empire would conquer a city, and instead of destroying it, they would send out apostles with the kingdom mindset to shift the government and how the city functions. So that's something that an apostle do. I'm, I'm speaking to the apostles of the house. You may not even know that you have that anointing. But in the spirit, I'm speaking it out. That, that God is going to raise you up to help set and establish a, the kingdom mindset for this place. That we may have to occupy here in Arlington, Texas, but we can still live very much in the kingdom of God right here. And it takes apostles to establish that, right? So, my question, does that fit you? Prophet. Prophet, basically, whether in Hebrew or, or uh, Greek, just for the most part, you can somewhat be translated as to spokesman. Spokesman. A prophet releases God's word and truth. Prophets often receive messages from God uh, that they then share with others to prepare God's people. Prophets have also have a role in interceding for people. This means that a prophet can prophesy over others to edify or build up the church and church leaders. That's really what the prophets did in the Old Testament. It wasn't always just talking about telling the future. Like nowadays, prophets have become, the, the way that the modern church has operated, it's like uh, our own psychic hotline, right? You know, we can't call the psychics because that's wrong. We can't supposed to do that. But all of a sudden you hear that, oh, prophet so-and-so is going to be at a church, man, uh, a good friend of mine, Larry Saylor, powerful, powerful man of God, has an incredible prophetic anointing. And, and by that, I mean that God uses him like if he comes up and starts praying for you, he'll just start reading your mail sometimes, right? He's like, oh, hey, so God says this, 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 this. And you're like, I didn't tell anyone about that. How do you? And yet he's, he gives you this incredible word, right? And, and uh, so, so the church I grew up in and was active in for Many, many years, man, when Larry Saylor would come to town, man, I'd see people I hadn't seen in like three years. But woo, Larry Saylor's in town. I got to go get my Christian psychic hotline going or whatever, right? And the, and the problem is this. Now, I'm not belittling. The problem is this. The, the problem isn't in the gifting. The problem is in the way that we receive the gift. You have the Holy Spirit of God. You have the same Holy Spirit in you that any prophet of God has. So, so a prophet should only be telling you something that the Holy Spirit's already been trying to tell you in the first place and trying to confirm with you, right? So prophets of the house, operating in the prophetic isn't about just telling the future and all this stuff. I mean, sometimes that, that does take place within the prophetic. But mainly what the prophets of the Old Testament did, they said, hey, Israel, you're over there messing up. God's right here waiting on you. Get over here with God. And then they usually got really bad and killed the prophets for saying that, right? So, you know, uh, fortunately, we're a little more civilized these days. But oftentimes, prophets will bring correction to a house. Hey, we're, God's wanting to do this. We're worried, about, we're worried about keeping to time, yet God's trying to show up in this area, right? So, prophets of the house, I'm calling on you. 
step into your anointing, step into your call, into your purpose. Evangelists, evangelists is a bringer of good news. So we got one in our midst with Brother Mike back here. He is, he is a full-time evangelist, travels, preaches, everywhere he goes, he's telling the good news of Jesus. He gets a chance to see people come to God all over the country on a weekly basis. Man, what a gig. He gets to go in and pray and people come to God. Then he leaves them for the pastors. And then the pastor's got to change diapers, listen to griping. No. I'm just <laughs> and Mike's like, boo, off to the next one. No, uh, that's, that's, that is one form of an evangelist. But you, you can be any of these and never don a church stage, never hold a microphone, never preach a sermon. Uh, some of the best evangelists we have in this house, uh, I'll tell you who's an evangelist, who has an evangelistic anointing is Erin Noblet. Because some of you guys actually attend the church because of her. Because when, when she was closing on your house and her business as a realtor, she mentioned, oh, hey, you need a church? Hey, we got one right here in the neighborhood. Or, hey, you need Jesus? We can come on over here. Like, hang out with us. What is that? That's, she's being an evangelist. She's carrying the good news with her. Uh, Mark and Karen Cooper, they're very, very much evangelists. They, they go walking through the neighborhood every day. If they bump into somebody, they're telling them, telling them about, hey, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Oh, today you're doing even better than good because guess what? I'm about to tell you about Jesus. <laughs> they tell folks about Jesus all over the place and tell them about the church. They are just constantly inviting folk to hang out and to learn about Jesus. They're evangelists, you know? They may never preach a sermon, but they're event. So the evangelists of the house, we need you guys. Get out there and keep sharing the good news with everyone you meet. Who's a, your, your, your workplace needs a prophet, needs, needs someone to speak on behalf of God. Your workplace needs an evangelist, someone to bring some good news. Pastor, pastor, it, basically Latin for shepherd. That's why it, it just always cracks me up when, you know, I'll, I'll go to a pastor conference and you have some pastors who very, I'm pastor of such and such church, very regal, very proud, very, and, and I'm not belittling, you know, I, the Bible says give honor to whom uh, 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 honor is due, but pastor, it means shepherd. I, I don't care what kind of clothes I put on. I don't care how eloquent I can try to speak. But if I'm a shepherd, I really just have sheep poop all up in my sandals, right? So you can't, <laughs> you can't be too dignified with that and get too uppity about that, right? Uh, a pastor doesn't necessarily mean someone who's going to get up and preach every Sunday, right? Uh, matter of fact, the word pastor is really, this is really the, the main time it's mentioned in the New Testament. They, they talk about bishops and overseers and teachers but, but this dynamic of what a pastor is isn't necessarily, you know, like I said, God uses it. Uh, technically, I would probably be more of the acting prophet of the house every Sunday because I, do, I deliver most of the sermons. So in, in some ways, I am speaking on behalf of God to the congregation. Now, during the week, that's really when I get to be pastor, when I get to show up at y'all's house and pray with you or or get a phone call and counsel with you, or, or make sure, you know, you got everything you need when you're sick, or, you know, tending to your needs. That's really what being a pastor is. Preaching is, is really something else, right? 
And this is really only about 5% of what I do during the week. 95% is really shepherding. I'm not the only shepherd in this house. The pastoral staff are not the only shepherds in this house. Many of you guys have very much a shepherding quality and anointing about you. My wife is very much a shepherding minister type of anointing and spirit. She, she pastors some of you ladies far better than I do, right? And I get to wear the fancy name. <laughs> yet, yet she shepherds. Uh, many of you have that quality about you. You've, God has placed people around you that you mentor and you walk and you take care of. What are you doing? You're pastoring them. Pastors, we need you to rise up. Say, man, I don't want to preach. You may never preach, <laughs> but the sheep need tending. The sheep need tending. Finally, teacher. Teacher, actually, when you translate it, it, it can actually come out to leader of children. Children meaning folks that need to be educated, which I am one, which means I'm a big kid, right? Or to lead by teaching. So teacher, some of you guys are absolutely incredible teachers. Uh, I'll tell you someone who is a very gifted Bible teacher. That's uh, David Croft. David Croft is a fantastic Bible teacher. And we're, we're blessed to have him give input. So teachers, I'm, I'm calling you forth. Some of, some of you say, well, I, I don't know anything about the Bible. I'm still learning about the Bible. Awesome. One of the, one of the biggest ways to learn about the Bible is start studying to teach it. My, my mom taught Sunday school for 36 years. And she talked about every Saturday I would watch her. That woman would prepare, prepare, prepare. I mean, she would even skip. She wouldn't even like watch Saturday night wrestling. Like we'd be watching Saturday night wrestling. She's over there still studying for her Bibles. Uh, teach them kids in Bible study. I was like, man, what is, she's dead serious about this. Skipping wrestling, man. But she, uh, she would always tell me, she goes, I've learned so much over 36 years preparing Sunday school lessons for children, far more than what I've ever heard come out of a pulpit. And she, was, she wasn't diminishing the pulpit ministry at all, but preparing to, I don't want anyone to ever be uh, uh, nervous or overwhelmed to present the word of God. It, tr just trust the Holy Spirit. You know, that's what's so fun about the men's Bible study we do on Saturday. We, we kind of go, all right, who's got next week? Who's got next week? And so someone, oh, okay, I'll take next week. And, and what they'll do, they'll show up and they, you know, we know what scripture they're going to go over and they'll, they'll read and say, hey, this is what the Lord showed me and this is what I dug up and they'll speak their heart and they usually trigger stuff in all of us. And so before long, you got a whole table full of guys going, oh yeah, and that kind of reminds me of this, this, this. And so we all start feeding off each other and building each other up. And it all starts because someone says, yeah, I'll take it. I'll take that scripture. I'll, I'll, I'll teach that next week. So teachers, I'm calling you forth. Teach in the name of Jesus. I am so hungry to see. Right now we got three adult Bible studies we do a week. Men's Bible study, women's Bible study. And we've got our, uh, we just started our alpha. Uh, we, we, we call it an alpha conversation, right? Uh, uh, on Wednesdays at the Jackson Apartments. My heart is really this. My heart is to have a Bible study available every single night of the week. Matter of fact, Friday nights, my man, Brother Mike, say, I'm giving you all kind of press today, brother. <laughs> Any man that brings me smoked venison sausage is going to get all kind of press from me because we live right across the alley from each other. So we're like sneaking food out to each other all the time. Uh, every Friday night, 
Brother Mike has a Bible study online, and you can join him for it. And, and uh, if you're interested, make sure you go see him, and, and he'll get you the info on that. Uh, but my, my, my heart is to have a Bible study every night of the week, somewhere, that where, where someone's, if you say, hey, look, Tuesdays are best, best for me. Oh, well, hey, we got a Bible study here. Well, Mondays work best for me. Oh, then we, so-and-so's got a Bible study on Monday. Where at some point, we've got every night of the week, someone has a, a, the opportunity to be taught the word of God. Uh, we, I'm praying that God provides the teachers, and then I'm praying that God provides the homes. So you, that may be one of your purposes. Hey, I, I don't feel called to teach, but I'll open up my home if you'll send a teacher in. And then folks can, can go join you over there. So let's all stand. I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm not landing the plane very well today. But I want you to understand this. These are the gifts that the son gives. We talked about the gifts that the father gave. These are the gifts that the son has given to every one of us. And he's going to keep giving them until we reach uh, equality with uh, his standard. So we got a ways to go, which means we got a, we got a lot of time for all of us, all of us, to find how we operate, what we operate in. Apostles of the house, we need you. Stand up and start laying some foundation for us. Prophets of the house, we need you. You heard Becca praying out. It was a prophetic prayer. She, she's operated in the... And the prophetic, she's not the only one who's got that ability and that gifting. We need you. Evangelists of the house, man, we need, get out there, man. Y'all are the salesmen. Y'all look good. Y'all, y'all get, y'all advance the kingdom in ways that many of us can't. Pastors of the house, we need help. We got a lot of sheep. I can't shepherd everybody. Also, those of you who have a shepherding, nurturing uh, spirit about you, step up. Let's get to loving on these sheep. Teachers of the house, let's start breaking into the word of God and feeding the sheep. Amen? Every single one of us can do something. Every single one of us can be called to something. There's no celebrities in the kingdom of God. It's only him. Amen? So it's not about someone taking over my job. It's not about someone doing someone else. Hey, it's... There's enough jobs for all of us to go around in, in his kingdom, amen? But I want you to find your purpose so bad. We're gonna do communion uh, to close out today and then we're gonna do one more song. But while we're doing that, let me just pray over everyone. If you're here, first of all, and you've never asked Jesus Christ to be Lord of your life, I don't even mean that you've, you may have asked Jesus to save you and praise God that he can be a savior but some of us need to make him Lord. Just submit fully. I want to give you that opportunity today. Matter of fact, you can come over and grab me and I would be honored to pray with you after, during that last song. Father, I pray that your word goes forth. doesn't return void today. I pray that everyone can find their purpose in your kingdom and the purpose of why they're a part of this fellowship. Father, we thank you for what you're doing up in Kentucky. But Lord, I'm praying that you put a hunger in our hearts here on the south side of Viridian, Lord. 
Help us to want to seek you, press into you, not worry about our schedules, not worry about our plans and our programs, but interrupt us, God. We all pray for rain, but nobody wants to get wet. (laughs) Soak us, Holy Spirit. Mess us up where all we want is you and all we need is you. Holy Spirit, I pray you release, you begin releasing your gifts, the spiritual gifts that you have given to all, all who have been filled with you. Let there be a freedom in this house. In the name of Jesus, I release this congregation from the cap that was originally placed on it. Lord, you know what I mean when I came over here. There were folks that said, no, tap the brake. We just, just, we'll let God get to it eventually. Lord, I, I release this congregation so your gifts can flow freely, orderly as you would orchestrate. But so this, this flock can grow and be edified. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Uh, at this time, if uh, we'll just have, if, if the folks over in this section over here would come down, receive your communion elements, and once you're, once you're done, come on down. I promise I'm not going to bite too hard. <laughs> uh, once you're done, you can, re- you can return, and, and we'll just kind of orderly have each section have each section come down and receive your communion element. And then we'll we'll take communion together here in just a moment. Amen. So, everyone still all right? Y'all know I love you, right? And I'm so I'm so thrilled because I know God's gonna start birthing some of his gifts in you. Before this year is out, you're gonna be doing some things in the kingdom you never thought you were gonna do. You're gonna be utilized in ways. And I'm gonna be cheering you on. Matter of fact, I hope, I hope every single one of you become far more popular and far more well-known than what I could ever achieve. Let's go ahead and do the, the middle, middle section here. I pray every single one of you reach higher heights, accomplish far more than I've ever accomplished in the ministry. Pray every single one of you challenge me and convict me to go as far and deep as you guys. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Now this section would come. Hallelujah. Thank you for letting us take a little extra time today. I just wanted us to do some communion. And what an honor to be able to take this meal. There's nothing magical about, you know, the crackers and the juice. Uh, There's nothing 
uh, uh, epic about uh, these elements. Matter of fact, it's a Tom Thumb brand crackers. Welch's, uh, I couldn't find um, unsweetened grape juice, so this is less sweetened, only 40% less sugar. So, nothing sacred about the physical part of this, but it's what they represent. The broken body of our Savior. Just as these crackers are broken up and even have some piercings in them, they can remind you of his sacrifice. The juice representing his blood. And all the benefits that come from the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. We have wholeness because of it. We have peace with God because of it. We have healing in our bodies because of it. Amen. Not because of these physical things, but what they represent. Claim it. If his word claims it, if his word says it, it's true. Amen. Hallelujah. Just begin to prepare your heart. If there's anyone that you need to forgive and release, say, oh, but you don't know what they've done to me. Just let it go. Let it go. Let the Lord take care of it. Let it go. You're not doing yourself any good for hanging on to it. Trust me, I've learned far too much by experience. Just let it go. Be free to take this meal. Matthew chapter 26 says this. As they were eating, Jesus took some bread and blessed it. Then he broke it into pieces and gave it to the disciples saying, take this and eat it for this is my body. Lord, we hold up your body today and we thank you. You were wounded for our transgressions. That's our outer sins, sins that we do this visible. You were bruised for our iniquities, the Bible says. That's our inner sins, internal sins, sins of the mind and intention. You covered us outward and inward. And that by your stripes, we were healed. Your healing has already taken place. You can thank him for it and he'll, he'll work on the timing of the manifestation of it. Thank you, Lord, for your broken body. Let's partake of the body. He took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them and said, each of you drink from it for this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. Amen. Lord, we just hold up these cups to you today. Thank you for your blood the precious blood of Jesus that gives us a fresh start that doesn't just cleanse us from sin 
on the day we receive you, but it cleanses us every single day from that point on. Just as our heart pumps blood to every cell of our body that brings vital oxygen and and washes away uh, toxins, your blood does the same thing straight from the heart of God. It brings vitality to us, but it also washes us clean every single day. Your word says that it cleanses us from sins and heals us from disease. All disease, it says. So Lord, we claim that today, that we are a people free from disease and free from the bondage of sin. In Jesus' name, partake of the blood. Amen. Amen. Come, come down here. Let me hug you, man. Amen. Hey, give it up for this. Tell me your name again. Kari. Kari? First, amen. He comes from Chicago. I didn't know. Amen. Well, you are now, brother. You believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. And you've confessed it with your mouth. Amen. Amen. Welcome to the family. Thank you. I love you, Thank man. You you. Amen. Thank Let's you. do this communion together. Okay. Amen. Jesus Christ died on the cross. He, his body was broken for you. And so, so this is just symbolic that you are, you are taking him in. And his blood was shed. Because what happened just a minute ago when you confessed him, he just took his blood metaphorically and just spread it all over you so so that you are cleansed. It doesn't matter anything that you've done in the past, messed up. There's no record. Clean bill. I need it. The judge said you went, you're off scot-free. Amen. And don't let anyone ever try to tell you, bring up your past anymore. Look around at every single person here. They used to have a past too. We can't find them anymore. <laughs> it's not there. Amen. So I'm going to invite you right now. Go ahead and take take the body. That'd be the bread. That's good. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And now you can partake of the blood. Jesus said, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. That word doesn't just mean just, just to bring them back to your mind. That when, when you, if you were to study and look, look up the word in the old Aramaic, it, that the word is mano. Do this in manoance of me. It actually means the opposite of dismember. In other words, to remember, put me back together. Because that's what he's doing with you. He's putting you back together, man. Amen. Kari, thank you, man. I, man, I'm so thrilled. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being sensitive, Brother Mike, to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Isn't that good? We just had a baby born in here. Amen. Amen. We're going to sing one more time as a family, and uh, I want you to rejoice today. Amen. Praise God. Before I do it, let me bless you guys, because I don't know if Ryan's going to bless you or not, you know. You like to bless them, don't you? Come on, man. <laughs> the Lord bless you and keep you. 
The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all sing together.